Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. All the loggers are here in the house ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Peter, uh, I'm going to ask you to introduce your guest today. Uh, but this is going to be an interesting show, I think, Northlanders. We're going to be talking about the potential uh, tr- of a trying to reopen the Versa Mill in Wisconsin uh, on a uh, doing it as a co-op basis. So, Peter, maybe you want to introduce Dennis and Henry and uh, talk a little bit about uh, how they get involved in this. Yes, no, I appreciate it, Brad, Kenny, folks out there listening. I'm thankful once again to be able to come back on the air and talk about the timber industry. If, uh, I always like to give a little analogy before we start to get the folks thinking out there a little bit differently. But if, if, you, could, if you could think of it this way back, oh, this is when I just started dating my wife. And her dad at one time was a foreign exchange teacher over in England back in the 70s, early 70s. And they had a friend that was visiting them there, okay, from England. This was back over 30 years ago now that this happened. And, and he talked funny to me, you know, and he, he said, uh, his name is Jeff. And, and uh, I asked him, you're actually from London, England? And he said, <laughs> yes, yes, my simple-minded friend, I am from London, England. I'm exaggerating it, but uh, I'm blowing it out of proportion. But, you know, when, when, when that stuff happens, it's, it's, he wasn't trying to demean or nothing. But a lot of times people get this psychological thought of, just a dumb logger, just a dumb farmer, just a dumb miner. And that, yeah. and it, it becomes because of not knowing what really goes on. And I'm so thankful that Henry and Dennis are willing to come on to talk about what they are trying to attempt to do in Wisconsin, which to me is phenomenal. And I hope two folks apply this in Minnesota to the Mill in Duluth. That's why they're willing to come on to talk about what they're doing. And, and, and Henry, are you there where we, where you can open up about how the paper mill is, um, how big it was to Wisconsin, how it's rippling out and how long it's going to take them. We'll switch to Dennis here. How, how this co-op folks, I think is a great thing. It's just going to take a lot of effort among a lot of people, not just one. Are you there, Henry? Yes. Yes, sir. I'm here. And uh, ha- happy morning. to be on the Good show morning. and happy to be with you again, Brad and Kenny and the crew there. Um, Wonderful so to have let, you let's back, think about this. Uh, let's think about the mill as a multi-purpose tool, because that's really what these mills are in our area. They're kind of like a Swiss Army knife. Everybody knows what a Swiss Army knife is, right? You've got all these different blades on it. So th- this mill takes the wood which really enables us to do a great job of forest management because you can't do management if you don't have some place to grow with the trees you're growing. And it supplies jobs to the community, to the town, taxes. I mean, if you think about it, Wood, Wood County down there where that mill is located, they've talked about losing $570 million annually in, in different various forms of taxes and stuff. And it supplies jobs for the loggers and the truckers and that kind of thing. So it's really multi-purpose. Forest health supplies jobs, supplies income, supplies tax base, all that type of thing. And that particular mill right there, if they would have bought all of their wood in Wisconsin, they would have they take about 25% of what's harvested. And keep in mind, we're growing two times more than we're harvesting, but they would take about 25% of that wood would go just to that particular mill. So this is, this is a huge tool. And, uh, and what we're really trying to accomplish here is getting that 
tool back because sometimes you lose your tools and you know it's tough to do your job so we're, we're trying to get that tool back online well henry henry this is brad bennett and i've got so many questions about this a co-op when i look at a co-op i look at you know, there's a number of co-ops around the Midwest uh, that are very successful. Um, but is this is this a true co-op where a bunch of the employees that were involved in the mill all got together and said, uh, "Hey, why can't we reopen this if we go out and find funding source? We've got uh, we've got loggers that already uh, produced the wood for us. Uh, we've got a market out there for it." Is that basically what they did is tried to rebuild the plant, but on a cooperative basis instead of on a private industry base? That, that's exactly right, Brad. So so basically what the, what happened here, you know, is we, we've talked to, in the Loggers Association, we've talked about a co-op for a long time. And this, this mill, these mills closing really gave us impetus to move forward. And so what happened this, this is actually going to be a multi-stakeholder cooperative effort to reopen that mill. And a multi-stakeholder cooperative, so the loggers actually formed their their co-op, which uh, Dennis and, and Peter talk about, and that's called the Timber Professionals Cooperative. We've had a lot of discussions with the mill workers that they would potentially form a co-op of their own, and then maybe the landowners or some other groups that supply, and then these, these groups of co-ops are going to come together and form a multi-stakeholder co-op, which really means that everybody's going to have some great potential here uh, for forest management because one of the things that Peter talked a little bit about earlier is a lot of folks don't understand how these things are all interconnected. And and I would say even this multi-stakeholder cooperative is going to do an awesome job of creating more interconnectedness between all these workers that are really all dependent on one another I mean, it all starts with the trees, but after that, everybody's dependent on everybody else to be successful. Well, Dennis, maybe you and Peter can talk a little bit too, but the mill in, in where exactly was it in, was it Wisconsin Rapids? It was in Wisconsin Rapids, which is about, I would say, central Wisconsin. It had far-reaching going out to all over the state, really. Now, Dennis, what kind of uh, what kind of paper product did they manufacture there? Yeah, it was more uh, a, a high grade paper. Uh, was it like a coated free sheet, like your uh, the programs okay. that are in the sporting events, that type of thing, that that high glossy paper. Okay, and so do they feel that they still have the market availability for that? That they can be successful financially? Well. No. Well, you know, I guess I hate to speak for them, but what we hear is no. Um, and when uh, this, I'll call it a uh, COVID hit last spring, of course, with the sporting events and such like that disappearing, their market share dropped for that type of paper. So then, you know, they, sure. they actually blamed it on COVID is why they shut that mill down. Yeah, that's why I asked that. So they're looking at reopening it and changing the the kind of product that they manufacture at the same time to make it more uh, more appropriate financially to be able to be successful. That's what us as the co-op are looking at doing, yes. You know, I'm not really sure what Verso's plans are, 
but you know they've talked about reopening, but I don't. We don't see any movement on that front. But that's why we're actively pursuing uh, buying that mill from them and and doing about what you just said there. Yes, looking at other okay. markets, we we've explored those a lot of those markets already. Well, Dennis, have that group gone out then and put together a, a group of people? that can then go to financial institutions and get the backing to buy the mill and to convert it? Well, Brad, you know, we've spent the last seven months, we as in the uh, Timber Professionals Co-op group here, we spent the last month, seven months doing just what you just said, outlining that. You know, we, it was, for us, it's a pretty daunting undertaking, right? I mean, when you think of oh, yeah. what, yes. what's laying ahead of us, but... You know, always keeping our focus on on the the goal ahead of us. That that's where we focus ourselves. It's pretty easy to get depressed when you think about the size of this. But for us, but really keep once once we stay when you stay focused on 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 where we're heading with this. Absolutely, it's it's not only uh, keeps you going. It it's exciting, really. So yes, in the last seven months, we've. We've done a lot of work. We've had a lot of different um, experts come in, wanting, wanting actually to be part of the co-op process and help us, uh, experts in mill management, in, in uh, the, the functions of the mill, in finance, several different areas of finance. We, we've had experts helping us along the way. I call them our team. Um, so it, it's been quite a s- assembly of, of team members that's come together here and a lot of it isn't a lot of it's just them coming to us seeing what what we're trying to do here with the co-op and seeing the great possibilities with that it's 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 unbelievable exciting to me to see the possibilities that we have here in front of us Um, well dennis i'm i'm thinking i'm thinking to myself that that's probably what's happening is that a lot of people are looking at this as a a possibility to expand in a number of other areas, and so they want to be part of it. They want to get on board and offer whatever expertise they can. So I, this is kind of exciting. Sure, and and to further an- answer your question, before we have formed a uh, board of directors, we have filed our um, articles of incorporation. So we we as the timber professional co-op is we are a legal entity in the state of Wisconsin. And, uh, okay. and and now we're also working in that same direction of getting this multi-stakeholder cooperative to that point as well. It's a little different, little bigger project to do that. You know, we've got many different folks to work with there, but but it's all. I mean, it's all. We're in that process. It's working. It's coming together. The people like like a snowball. When it's little, it moves pretty fast. You can push it along pretty easy. But as the more you go, the bigger it gets, the slower it moves. So all this stuff takes time to do it right. Oh, you bet. I don't know who the proper person to ask would be, but uh, the loggers will become part of the cooperative because they're providing the raw material. Is that basically the way it works? So, yes, the loggers and truckers absolutely will be part of that co-op. But understand we we also want the other entities in there as well that's the beauty of it is that we all get to see each other's part in this and become more of a team rather than an adversarial which as you can picture it has kind of been the way it's been for a lot of years right Uh, so the beauty of the co-op is bringing all those entities together and working as a well-oiled machine 
Well, guys, we uh, we have to take a break. But think about this while we're away. The changeover of the system. I mean, they were making a, a paper, as it was described by, I think, Henry, that said more like a program for a sporting event or something like that. Now they're going to be looking at what kind of paper will have a market that is readily available where you can make a profit at. Do you have the whole board make that determination? And does that involve a retooling of the equipment in the current Versa paper plant itself? I think I know the answers to some of these, but but let's talk about that when we come back after this quick break. Listen on your Echo device. Just say something like this. Alexa, play WDSM radio. Giant Redwood, the larch, the fir, the mighty Scots pine, the smell of fresh-cut timber, the crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I eat my lunch, I go to the lavatory. On Wednesday, I go shopping and have buttered Uh, The theme music of Let the Sawdust Fly. (laughs) Love that song. It's got to be my ringtone someday. The Crash of Mighty Timbers. That's the best part, right, Pete? Yes. Oh, I like like Go to the Laboratory. That's what I like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The other things that might be, the listeners might be out there thinking right now is, okay, well, this sounds nice, but... Uh, what about the city of Park of Wisconsin Rapids? What about your legislatures? How your pockets are not deep enough, guys, to do something like this? Single-handedly, it would be impossible for any logger to do this, or ten loggers, oh, because yeah. the, the money yeah. is so great. But collectively, if enough people would be willing to give it a shot and try, collectively, you have plenty of money to get this rolling. Well, Peter and Henry and Dennis, I'm sure it's like any business opportunity. If you put together a business plan that spells out how much it's going to cost you to acquire the plant, how much it's going to cost you to retrofit it, who your markets are that you're going to sell to, how much paper you can produce, just about any financial institution will give you, any reputable one anyway, will give you the financial backing to support that kind of a transfer. I mean, you have examples all over the country of cooperatives that are very successful. Yes. Uh, Dennis or Henry, you want to address that a little bit? Sure. So um, that that's kind of the process we've been working on as well. As, you know, that's been the question all along is how are we going to fund this? So we have had many talks with financial institutions, and you're exactly right. I mean, we with a good business plan, nobody's, nobody's going to tell you no, especially with a project like this, because of what it does to the economies yes. for them as well as the rest of the state. And that's part of what's so wonderful about doing the show with you folks this morning. Get the good news out to more people that the more the merrier, I'm, right? I mean, if, if we can reach, the more we reach out to to members, to, and when, when I say members, I mean just members of the uh, area. It, it, you don't have to be a member of a co-op. You can be, uh, that's what we're looking at, is how to structure that, how you can be invested into this as well. It's going to take a lot of us to do. There is no question about that. But there's a lot of yes. us affected by this as well. 
Well, and I was going to ask you, and I don't know who who to ask, Dennis or Henry, Peter, maybe you can direct this question, but have you talked to a number of the former employees of Versa, and are they interested in this kind of a concept as well? Well, we've we've had that discussion. In that particular mill down there, there's six different unions. So, you know, that that creates a... I'm, I'm not going to say a problem. It just creates a issue that we have to deal with as well. So we have to be right. very careful. I mean, obviously, as an employee down there, as some of the employees go down there, they would love to be, they, they get the concept. Obviously, with the unions involved, they have to be very careful of how we're going to structure all that. So we're, we're working through that. Uh, that, okay. that, hasn't, that hasn't gone unnoticed, let's put it that way. How long a process do you see this taking before you would actually be able to get the key to the mill and start the process? How soon can you write us out a big check, Brad, to get this done? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we've uh, we, we've done quite a bit of investigation, and, and like Dennis said, we're we're working on the financing right now and stuff. And um, you know, there's a lot of details to be worked out yet. Uh, discussions are ongoing, so on and so forth. But you know, I mean, to set a goal, if if we could have that something done here by the end of this year because no matter what you do when you shut a facility that size down or the size of Duluth once it's been shut down it takes a lot to get it back up and running you got to get wood inventory you got to get chemicals in there you got to get all the stuff just for making the you know making the product that you're going to put out of there Um, that that in itself is going to take time even we're into uh, coming into spring thaw here pretty quick too, you know, for getting any kind of raw material or any of that type of stuff. So it, it's going to take some time. But if, if we can get to a point where we can actually uh, do do some signing and have some real commitment, that would give people hope in the area. Um, you know, there, there's people that are finding different jobs and stuff, but they're not paying anywhere as near what they were making in that paper mill. Uh, with the no. benefits they were making, and that's just the fact of life. You know, there's work out there, but what kind of work is it? Uh, Peter, I was thinking as a consumer, during the early months of the COVID uh, pandemic, when all of a sudden you couldn't go to a, gro- a grocery store or a supermarket and you couldn't find toilet paper, you couldn't find paper towels, and I'm thinking man there's a there's a market there for this stuff if you could convert some of these mills that aren't making it making high gloss calendar paper or even the kind of paper they were making there in uh, Wisconsin Rapids if you could produce a line of toilet paper and paper towels you could sell it uh, immediately you'd have the market for it and i'm sure that's going to be an ongoing basis for years to come with this kind of investment to change over paper mill, yes, it takes a lot of money. It takes years to plan it out, to, to have it work. But look at this, folks. If you were to build a new paper mill somewhere, you have to build the blacktop. You have to build the pillars. You have to build the pilings and everything. Remember when they built the paper mill in Duluth? They were hammering pilings in the ground for I don't know how many days, and people were complaining oh, in the yeah. West End because yes. of this noise, boom, 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 24 hours a day, seven days a week until they got it done. Well, when, when you drive to the paper mill and you see that there, you have everything is there structurally. It has to be some changes, yes. but there's such a huge advantage to if a person can get people to work at it. To You already have the freeway. 
you have the supply to bring in. The, it, most people don't know what the yard looks like because they never see it. They just drive by on the freeway and they just see the place from the outside, go, cr- turn the corner at the paper mill. But if you go on the backside and you see where the entrance is, you have rail, you have water, you have everything, you have power. There's from their main entrance where we bring in our wood to the paper mill in Duluth, within a quarter mile, there's Lakers that are getting unloaded with material there. It's that close. Everything is pointing in the right direction, and we can't, uh, uh, individuals, you know, you're always going to have one of the namesayers in that, you can't do it, but what if we keep trying to do this and push forward, and the guys over in Wisconsin, that's what they're doing. If a politician heard that 25% of Wisconsin's dairy product farmers were going to go out of business because of something in Wisconsin do you think they would be jumping in front of that camera to go and talk to the camera to let them know we we can't let this happen? Oh, absolutely. They'd be just about throwing each other away to get in front of that camera. Peter, that's why I was so excited when I heard you were going to bring Henry and Dennis on because this plant in Wisconsin is nothing more than something that could be replicated here in Minnesota as well. As you said, yes. out in West Duluth, they've got the plant built, they've got a rail line, they've got a factory that produces uh, power. It would be very easy to put a cooperative or something there. So I, sh- I sure hope that this morning the powers that be in Duluth are listening and maybe paying attention. And also people like our congressman, that's somebody else that should be involved. Are there involvements in Wisconsin by some of the political movers and shakers that can make this happen? Whether there has been any involvement by uh, the politicians in Wisconsin. Your Twin Ports home for the WDSM. As you can tell by the Woodchopper's Ball, we are back with our uh, Let the Sawdust Fly segment here. Uh, So, Peter, what a concept. This whole concept has really a lot of potential for it. Uh, But the question I asked as we were going to the break is uh, to either Henry or Dennis or whoever wants to answer it. Has there been interest by the political powers uh, in Wisconsin, either the governor or or Congress people, uh, senators, Ron Johnson, has anybody stepped up and said, wow, this is a great idea. Uh, anything I can do to help you make it, pull it together? We've had absolutely phenomenal support. So as luck would have it, it turns out that, uh, well, Wisconsin Rapids started doing what they called the, the Wisconsin, or the Rapids Together Task Force, and that was headed up by uh, Re- uh, Representative Krug and Senator Teston. And right after the mill closed, they started having meetings weekly. We missed the first meeting, got to the second one, and kind of brought up this cooperative idea uh, concept to them. And, and the support seemed to start right away from that point forward. And it got to the point where the, the last meeting they had, the first thing that they brought up on the agenda was that this cooperative seems to be the only viable option to get that mill reopened, and they're fully on board with it. And then to top it off, uh, turns out that 
when Governor Evers uh, got into position there that he appointed Missy Hughes as the Secretary of Wisconsin Economic Development. It turns out that Miss Hughes actually came from a cooperative background, and so did her deputy secretary come from a cooperative background. So, you know, just the fate has really been a plus on this whole thing. And we we feel like sometimes there's maybe some divine intervention here because this is really focused on on the resource. It's focused on the people. And perhaps, uh, you know, I mean, you got to make a profit in any business, right? But it's not necessarily for a group of stakeholders that are going to benefit from that uh, entirely from that profit. It's about keeping everybody working, managing the resource, and making enough money to reinvest into the mill. And if all those things go right, there will be profit to share for the stakeholders that are involved in it. But yeah, the the legislators, uh, the congressmen, in fact, I was on the phone with uh, Congressman Tiffany last week about it. Um, very, very, very supportive because that's their concern too. They want to see people working. We all know people are, are more productive and uh, there's a lot of good reasons why people would like to be working and it's just been phenomenal to have that type of support from them as well. Henry, on that, you had a lady from the USDA who's of it. Could you elaborate just a little bit on how she helped you guys too? That was, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lady by the name of Margaret Bow who is a cooperative specialist for U.S. Department of Agriculture, and she's one of, I think, only two in the country. And it just so happens that she lives in Stevens Point, and she has been an absolute blessing with this whole group, helping us pull this cooperative together. Um, you know, between her and, and, and it, it just turns out, too, as they would have it, that another gentleman by the name of Don Peterson with Renewable Resource Solutions has worked with Margaret, and lo and behold, uh, Dennis worked with the two of them on a cooperative effort in Colorado. And maybe Dennis wants to touch bases on that a little bit. But, you know, the stars are lining up here, guys. Uh, you can't deny it. It is pretty amazing. And that the effort in Colorado was geared towards the dead and dying timber out there that, well, I'll just call it mismanaged timber out there. And, uh, you know, the, we as a cooperative, we're trying to pull something together there as well and, and – um, there's various reasons that it didn't fully come together, but uh, some of that was the federal land management tools that they were trying to use. But we had a lot of the paperwork kind of in place for what we're trying to do here as well. So the idea was it wasn't new when we started it here, but it's 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 different. So we had to modify it to fit our particular situation. But I can't think of any more anything more exciting when you think of it as a whole. I don't mean just as, as me as a timber producer, but I mean as a whole. In, in Wisconsin, the forest products industry is number two economic div- uh, driver in the state of Wisconsin. The number two yeah. economic driver. I think it's number one, but that's my opinion. So you can see <laughs> the impact. One. We're all number you one, can, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, you, you can see the impact this has on our state and actually the surrounding states. So it's well, get, vital that we pull that we do our best to try to get this done, and the co-op is just well, a tremendous way to do it. And and you know what, guys, uh, Henry, Dennis, Peter, you guys are well, especially Henry and Dennis, you guys are leading the way in what could be the revival, not so much the revival of the industry, because I think the industry is vibrant as a whole, but there are parts of it that are struggling. 
that companies don't always look at it the way uh, a group of people would look at it, how it's going to benefit a particular part of the country. I just want to, unfortunately, we've kind of run out of time here, Peter, but I want to just thank you for bringing Dennis and Henry to us. I hope we can talk more about this in the future because I'll tell you what, I'm not kidding you. I'm getting goosebumps about the excitement, about the potential of a cooperative growth, not only for the mill over there in Wisconsin, but I'm really hoping the people here in Minnesota are listening too because it seems to me that the same kind of effort could be made locally right here in West Duluth to revitalize the Versa mill, change the direction of the of the product delivery, but come up with a similar approach and maybe even have a a cooperative management agreement between the two the two mills. I mean, there there's just so many things. It's just exciting to even visualize. But Peter, thank you so much for bringing Dennis and Henry to us again this morning, one, and one I look forward Brad. to having you guys back. You don't you don't have to be famous or known to head this up. Dennis is a logger. He's ahead of yeah. doing, trying to get this going. So if somebody's in the mill or somebody says, I'm so insignificant, it doesn't matter. If you want a vested interest and you really want to head it up, it can be headed up. And the first places I would start would be with the Congressman Stauber from the 8th District. That's where I would start. I'm going to start. But if somebody wants to head this up, you don't have to be famous or rich or anything because none of us really are. We don't have the pockets to do this. That's why you do the cooperative. And don't, you can't look at the negative things of, well, we got to do this, this, this. It's look at what you have. You have a whole plant there ready to roll. It isn't ready to build the product, but it's there to where it can be grabbed and ran with. And so I hope the folks in Wisconsin that haven't heard much about this now can get excited and get a hold of Henry. Henry, could you give out how to get a hold of you folks really quick? And then until later, folks, let the sawdust fly. Thank you much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm easy to get a hold of. Seven one five six six one 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 three zero. That cell phone. Get me any time on that, and and uh, I can get you over to Dennis. You can give him your phone number too, as well, Dennis. Sure. He, I'm happy to ask answer any questions anytime. My area my area code is seven one five 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 zero one six zero two, and you can literally call me any time of the day or night. I'm usually up. Thank you so much, and Peter. Just so happens I have Congressman Stauber on my show tomorrow, and I will be talking about this. (laughs) We'll see you guys later. Let the sawdust fly.